You are listening to Spot On, a health and wellness podcast that breaks through the latest media headlines to provide you with accurate and usable information that is, well, spot on, spot on to meet your needs. I am your host, Dr. Joan Salji Blake, a nutrition professor at Boston University and the author of the college textbook called Nutrition and You, which is used in colleges across the United States and abroad. Hello, Spot On listeners. Very excited about this episode. You know, a burger used to be, you know, do you want medium rare, rare, you know, you know, well cooked. That's how you had your burgers. But now when you want a burger, there's, there's, it's beyond how you cook it. First, you got to figure out which one to buy. And what I'm talking about, all of this plant-based burgers or burgers from plant sources. And I'm seeing this so much all over the supermarket and all over the news. So I said, I got to dig into this and see what the heck is going on. And sure and behold, according to a recent survey, some 228 million servings, million servings of plant-based burgers were purchased at quick serve restaurants in the year 2019. So in other words, going to like a hamburger joint, you're not getting hamburgers, you're getting plant-based hamburgers. And guess what? 37% of consumers aged 18 to 34 indicated they want to eat more plant-based protein in the new year. So I'm looking at these burgers. So I said, well, we, need to, we need to do an episode on this one. So what we're going to talk about today, and I've brought in a lovely guest, we're going to talk about these burgers and are they really healthy for you or not? Okay, so let's go to the streets and find out well, yeah, what, what's your take on these plant-based burgers? As a vegan, I love plant-based burgers. I think plant-based burger has great market potential and it's a bold approach to people's palate. I love plant-based burgers. Because they taste like it, but not exactly, and I'm not killing anything to eat it. Uh, the idea of plant-based burgers, it totally works for me and I absolutely love it because of not only the taste, but it also like smells and tastes similar to the meats that I'm usually used to eating. The only downside is that it's still pretty pricey to purchase and you won't really see it in the fast food restaurant. So uh, by all means, I'm down for it. So to talk more about these plant-based burgers and really what's in them and how did this all come about, I brought in an expert. Her name is Lindsay Moyer. She's a registered dietitian and senior nutritionist at the nonprofit Center for Science and the Public Interest. And she's been writing about healthy eating for their newsletter. It's called Nutrition Action Newsletter. And I've tried to tell you something. If you don't subscribe to this, you should, because this is fabulous. It gives you really the cutting edge of what's happening in nutrition and health. So it's super. But she's been writing for them for over six years. The reason why I have her on here, because she wrote a fabulous article all about these plant-based burgers. We're also going to put a copy of this article up. With that, I'd like to welcome Lindsay to Spot On. Thank you, Joan. I'm so happy to be here. Well, listen, I'm happy for you to be here and kind of help me out here because buying burgers has become more complicated. It used to be easy, you know, lean, kind of lean ground beef, not so lean, whatever. But now we're kind of like going all these plant-based burgers. And why do you think there's such an interest in plant-based well, burgers, I guess you want to call them? Yeah, you know, I think it's a combination of things. And really, 
like you said, we're seeing them everywhere nowadays. You can walk into a supermarket and buy them. You can walk into a Burger King and get an Impossible Whopper. You can walk into a Dunkin' Donuts and get a Beyond Sausage Breakfast Sandwich. So I think it's natural for people to be curious and want to try them, but that's not really what's driving the explosion of all these products. I think what has really started this sort of new breed of burgers is that some of these newer companies like Impossible Foods and Beyond Meat, they've raised the bar on taste. And taste for people who are looking for something that really tastes like a real beef burger. I've always liked veggie burgers, they've always tasted good, but if you get an Impossible or a Beyond patty, you put it on a bun, you add toppings, um, it's almost indistinguishable from meat. And I think that that's what has gotten people really excited. And we can't forget about the fact that people are excited about plant-based diets. Many people also care about the impact that our food choices have on sustainability, and the health of the planet. So we know that beef produces more greenhouse gases per serving than plant proteins like soy and nuts. And I think that that is another thing that's getting people excited about these kinds of products. You know, it's really, really interesting what you said about taste, because we've always said in many, many episodes that taste is the number one driver of why people buy something and continue to buy it. So while in the past we may have had veggie burgers, Taste may have not always been, you know, there. But what you're saying about these newer plant-based burgers, the Impossible Burger, or the Beyond Meat, I have to tell you something. I to, to prep for the show because I always do my homework, Lindsay. I went out yesterday and I got one of the burgers, and I said I got to try one of these babies, and I said, "Oh my goodness gracious, this tastes like a hamburger." I, I, I couldn't believe it. I actually could. I can't. I'm looking at it. And I'm saying, I can't believe this smells like a hamburger. This tastes like a hamburger. So I think you are spot on when you say that they've raised the bar to make these much more flavorful because we've had veggie burgers forever. But this is like a whole new level of a burger. And you know, Lindsay, what I've read, which is interesting, I've read that vegans people who do not want any animal sources in their diet, total plant, don't like these burgers because they taste like a hamburger. I couldn't believe that. Um, You know, I've been tasting burgers like these for years. Um, We've done other articles in the past on them. And I think veggie burgers have always tasted good. There have always been many that I liked, but you really felt a change when these started popping up. And I work with some people who eat vegetarian diets, and and they really did a double take when they tried them for the first time. Right. I love uh, veggie burgers. I love them. I mean, they're great, but they're different flavoring. And these actually just have that real flavoring. You know, and I, 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 and I have to tell you something, and I tell this all the time, that I'm Italian, so I eat anything that's not moving. So I do eat red meat. I love red meat. And I have to just, you know, I pour beef, and they always get with this greenhouse gases and everything. And I say, I'm looking this up. And, you know, production of beef is responsible for about 3% of the greenhouse gas emissions in the United States. Guess what's 25%? You tell me. All right. Your car. (laughs) Your Uber. 
And you know, that's exactly right, Joan, because we know that people changing their diets alone is not enough for the problem that we're facing with climate change. But I think many people recognize the role that diets do play and are kind of excited. And and we're not talking about vegan diets here. A lot of what's getting people excited is just swapping in a burger every so often, thinking about a more flexitarian diet to put a dent in that portion. We did a whole episode on vegetarian diets. So remind us, Lindsay, what's a flexitarian diet? So flexitarian means that you're focusing heavier on plants and lighter on meat. It's not vegetarian. It's not cutting out all animal products or even all meat. It's just thinking about making the majority of your plate plants most of the time. Which we know is we love fruits and vegetables and whole grains. So we're all about that. So back to these burgers, what is the protein source for these burgers? There's a range and the two sort of most popular ones, of course, the Beyond Burger and the Impossible Burger. The Beyond Burger uses pea protein. So that actually comes from peas. The Impossible Burger uses soy protein concentrate, so from soybeans. And those are, by and large, the two main proteins that we see a lot of other veggie burgers using on the market. Some of these veggie meat products are made with wheat protein, so that would actually be a wheat gluten. And then one other thing to keep in mind for people who are looking to eat vegan diets or something that's 100% plant-based is that some brands add egg whites or cheese along with those plant proteins. So just look for the word vegan or 100% plant-based on the label if you want to avoid those. This Impossible Burger has been hyping up this, they add heme to this. Can you explain to our listeners what the heck heme is and what it does for the burger? Yeah, so Impossible says heme is what makes meat taste like meat. And for them, heme is something that's found in especially larger amounts in red meats like beef. Heme is actually part of the hemoglobin in blood. It helps carry oxygen through your blood. And and so putting that heme in the Impossible Burger, which is the only one that uses it, that is essentially replicating the heme in red meat. But of course, the Impossible Burger is plant-based. Their heme comes from something called soy leg hemoglobin. And that's something that's normally found in the roots of soybeans. We don't know if soy's heme behaves exactly like the heme that you find in red meat, but it's another reason not to get too excited about, say, the health benefits of an Impossible Burger. We know that in red meat, heme can help form what's called and nitroso compounds in your gut. And it's one of those things that may explain why we see when scientists track people who eat diets that are really heavy in red meat over time, it's linked to a higher risk of colorectal cancer. So it's possible that, you know, with the addition of this plant-based team, that the Impossible Burger, you know, may be like beef in, in some ways that we may not want. That's interesting. That's really interesting. I guess so more to come when we start doing more research about that. They don't extract the heme from the soybean. Don't they genetically modify it or something and put it in yeast and grow it? That's exactly right. So it's a substance that 
is normally found in the soybean root, not the soybean, but to produce it on the scale that's needed for the Impossible Burger, the soy leg hemoglobin is made from genetically engineered yeast. So the yeast grow it. Yeah, they produce it. Yeah, the yeah, yeast grow it. They, otherwise, oh my God, they'd be have soybeans at the yin-yang if they had to extract all this. Oh so yeah, <laughs> there you go. Yeah. yeah. So tell me, are these burgers any healthier than like a lean beef burger? Good question. The Impossible Burger, if we're looking now at just numbers, we already talked about heme, but if you look at just numbers, things like saturated fat, which is sort of the unhealthy fat, um, an Impossible Burger is about on par with a McDonald's Quarter Pounder. So we know that's not lean. And and so in that, in that sense, an Impossible Burger, you know, it's, it's not really better than eating beef for your health. Um, a Beyond Meat Burger is, there's a little bit better news there. Of course, there's no heme being added to that burger, which we know is a question mark. And, and the Beyond Meat Burger, it doesn't just use coconut oil, it also uses canola oil. So that one has a little bit less saturated fat than the Impossible Burger, although it's still getting pretty close to beef. And it's not really better than, say, a 90% lean beef burger based on the numbers. That's good that you say coconut oil because a lot of listeners don't understand or forget that coconut oil is wicked high in saturated fat. So if you're going to take plants and you're going to add coconut oil to it, you're right there with the cow. It's very, very high in saturated fat. And we know that saturated fat is not good for your heart. So that's interesting. Again, don't have this halo effect because this is a plant-based burger that it's, it's any more healthier for you. Yeah. And it's tricky too, because that coconut oil helps give these burgers that rich mouthfeel that you kind of come to expect from red meat. But exactly like you said, the best evidence we have still shows that over time, uh, the saturated fat from coconut oil helps raise your LDL cholesterol, and that's not good for your heart. Well, Lindsay, I tell you, so I'm eating this Beyond Burger last night, and I'm like, this is like melting in my mouth. This is yum. And then I go and I pick up the wrapper and I see the coconut oil. And I'm like, well, now I know why this is yum and why this is melting in my mouth because it's coconut butter. My goodness gracious. Here we go. So the price differential, this was a little surprising to me. So, you know, compared to like even, you know, extra lean beef, 90%. Tell me about what the price of some of these burgers are. So that's a great question because they actually cost quite a bit more than beef right now. Just before we talked, I went online and looked at Whole Foods and the cost to buy two Beyond Meat burgers was $6. So like you said, that's definitely more than regular ground beef. Was that for a eight ounce package? Right. So that's an eight ounce package and it holds two burgers. And you said that was $6? Yep. So that means it's $12 a pound. Correct. Whoa. Okay. Wow. It's no surprise that they sell them only two to a pack. Wow. Because I'm, you know, I'm a good shopper and I know that, you know, extra lean ground beef, like 90%, the highest, it would be like $6.99 a pound, $7.99 a pound. So you're saying that these burgers are twice as expensive. Yeah. And one thing is, you know, this is just one price I found. It'll obviously vary. And sometimes you can find them on sale. One thing to keep in mind with a lot of these burgers is that they can be frozen. 
So if you see some on a good deal, just scoop them up, put them in your freezer. And, you know, Impossible Foods has said recently in the news that their ultimate goal is to get their price even lower than beef. So this is something that companies have their eye on and they're working on it. But as you can see, they're far from it right now. Now it's going to be interesting because then if it's going to be a price of war here, you know, and people are going to go for the cheapest, which they should, to stretching their food dollar. But let's make sure that they're as healthy or healthier, you know, so make sure that's good for you. They can be high in sodium. Can't they also be? Than beef? Yeah, you know, I've often thought about it as sodium is sort of the Achilles heel of the, a lot of these plant-based meats because you need something to really get that taste there. And so they do tend to be higher in, in sodium than other plant proteins that we would think of as, as being really healthy foods like tofu and beans and, and so forth. When we did this article and we looked at products on the market, we kind of look for that sweet spot where we, we do taste tests and we look at how much products range. And what we settled on was about 400 milligrams or less per serving of sodium. And at that level, you know, you can still find a number of products and they still taste good, but it's also lower than, than some other products on the market. So that's kind of something to look for in the store. In the article that Lindsay wrote, we're going to put this on the Spot On Facebook page, but it, it gives you the best bet. I love how they do this. They rank and they'll tell you of all the veggie burgers, and they're doing all the veggie burgers, just not these two that we talked about. Write it on the best for your money and for your health. I mean, it's really good. So we're going to put that up on the Spot On Facebook page so you can look and see where you can get the best veggie burgers. But what you said was very interesting, Lindsay. The veggie burgers have veggies in it. I mean, like they have beans in it. So that you get that extra that you're actually getting veggies in your veggie burger, which is um, different than something like this, which is just trying to more or less mimic meat, the taste of meat. Right. There are so many healthy ones out there that are, you know, just jammed with whole grains, beans, maybe tofu. So one thing I hope is that the success of the Beyond Burger, the Possible Burger, gets people excited about trying some of these others as well that have a little bit more of a health benefit. Are you going to call that a gateway burger? You know, this is like you, you start this one, you can get other vegetarian burgers on your plate. Yeah, because it's so easy to just have something that you can heat up. Like we know that these really unprocessed plant foods like beans and whole grains are really, really good for us. And it's kind of like, well, if you can start out by trying out one of these frozen veggie burgers that you can just cook up really fast, maybe that's a gateway. You know something? You said the buzzword that I want to talk about, processed. First, we're going to do a whole episode on ultra processed food and processed food because this is making me crazy when people say, well, processed food is bad, which we know is ridiculous because a carrot is processed. But these Beyond Burgers or Impossible Burgers, do they fall in the ultra-processed category? If you look at, there are some different sets of standards used to decide what counts as ultra-processed. One that researchers use is called the NOVA system. And, and based on that system, it's probably likely that they would consider these burgers ultra-processed based on their ingredient list. One thing to keep in mind about processed foods is, as you pointed out, that not all processing is created equal. And so when we when we take like a whole grain and we process it into white flour, we lose fiber and so forth. But with these burgers, I don't see as much, you know, what are you losing, basically? 
You need, okay, I see. I see. So that's good. So it sounds like, Lindsay, if, if I'm taking my notes here, that, you know, we should, again, looking for more plant foods on our plate. This just gives you another option in the veggie burger, you know, meatless burger family. But it sounds like you've got to read the label, though, right? And you should be looking for what? Right. So we already talked about sodium, looking for 400 milligrams or less per serving. Another one, you mentioned coconut oil. A way to get a quick check on that is to look at the saturated fat per serving. Some of the best burgers have less than three grams. And then another thing is protein. For a lot of people, these are replacing the protein on their plate. So if you're relying on a burger for protein, of course, the Beyond Burger, the Impossible Burger, they have a lot. But some of them, some of the sort of types, they're mostly whole grains and beans smashed together. Those may not have as much and it's still perfectly healthy food, but but check that label. If, if you're really relying on this product for protein, you want to look for, say, 10 grams or more. So 10 grams or more for protein, and we want to get the saturated fat no more than three grams. Is that what you just said? Right. So like two and a half grams or less. Those were the best ones we found. Again, trying to find the best on the market. And you know, like if you come in and some of these burgers come in a little bit higher, then you just make adjustments later in the day and other foods on your plate. So it all can work out. Right. And that's something we saw too with restaurants. A lot of these burgers on restaurant menus, they have a lot of calories and additions thanks to the chef. So you can make modifications like asking for no cheese or having your burger wrapped in lettuce instead of on a white flour bun. So, you know, it's, it's it's a matter of thinking about what you're getting and adjusting. All right. Well, you've given us a lot of information and ammunition. I am going to start looking at these labels. I'm going to be watching because I'm a shopper. I'm going to watch and see if these prices start going down. But at $12 a pound, I don't think I'm going to be buying a lot of them until this price goes down. This I can tell you. <laughs> so with that, I want to thank Lindsay Moyer. She is a, a writer for uh, Nutrition Action for the Center of Science in the Public Interest. Lindsay, I want to thank you for coming on Spot On. Thank you so much, John. Spot On is supported by the Boston University Sargent College's Master of Science degree in Nutrition program. Log on to bu.edu to learn more about this fabulous nutrition graduate program. Thank you for listening to Spot On. If you enjoyed this episode, don't forget to subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. This way you'll get every new episode every week. And by the way, leave us a nice review. And can you also like us on our Spot On Facebook page and suggest topics for future episodes? Please follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Joan Salji Blake. And oh, by the way, can you send this episode to five of your friends? Do I ask a lot of you?